Welcome back to the tube. Oh, shoot. I've already messed it up. How? I'm alone. And here's a blooper. You're all welcome. Welcome to my life. Welcome back to the To Be Here podcast. I'm your host, Erin. And this is the part where I stop apologizing for the time that it takes me to post a podcast in between podcasts. Um, one of my goals for 2020 was to be more consistent with this. And somehow I think I've been less consistent. So we're reevaluating that part of my life and we're doing better. And that's all I have to say about that because I can go on a rant about how I need to get it together. <laughs> um, but welcome back. It's good to talk to you again. Um, which this seems like the extent of communication and interaction with humans anyways because of COVID-19. So this, this still seems right. I'm talking to what feels like no one, yet there are people. Perfect. Um, I don't have anyone to interview today. It's just me because, again, shelter in place. We're keeping distancing from people. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and so the next couple episodes may just be me um, talking about things. The benefit of this quarantine type thing is I'm spending a lot of time alone and a lot of time with the Lord. So I'm learning a lot of things. And it's been really sweet in that way, and I love that. So maybe this next few episodes will just be me talking about different things um, moving forward for a little while. And then we'll get back to hanging out with people, please. I'm not even a people person, but I haven't been physically at work in three weeks because we had spring break, and then we have had two weeks where we don't go to school. So... I miss my routine and my people and my students and my friends and all the things that come with having a normal life. So I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way. So yeah, I will be excited to sit down with someone and talk about where they are um, and even where they are in this season. Like this would be a cool time to interview someone. So maybe I figure out how to do that over Zoom. I don't know. Um, but today I'm going to walk you through what I've learned in Joshua 6 and my intention was to do this near the beginning of the year um, to do like a recap of 2019 for me because that's the scripture I was in all of 2019 and I probably mentioned that in a couple other podcasts if you've been listening if you haven't definitely check back on those podcasts I sit down with a lot of really great people and we talk about a lot of really great topics so definitely do that um, but again I didn't really get it together I did sit down about a month and a half ago to record this podcast, this exact one, got all the way through it, finished it, and went, nope, that's not it. And it just wasn't, it wasn't conveyed in the way that I, I felt like the Lord was wanting me to talk about this topic. So I sat down, I got a little bit more structured with it. I have show notes written down. That's the kind of person I am. Some people type things. I, something about putting a pen to paper really hits me really hard. Um... So I did that, and this is what I got so far. And by so far, I mean the Lord is always using his word to bring more things to it. So this is what I got in 2019, and kind of a little in 2020. But I read Joshua 6. I'm going to read through that with you, just because this isn't going to be very long, and I want the, the scripture to be read so you know what Joshua 6 is. I'm pulling it up on my phone. I should have been more prepared in that way. But again, let's just be glad I'm sitting down and doing this podcast. La la la, Joshua 6. Alright, so this is the fall of Jericho, and I'm going to read uh, 
Joshua 6, 1 through 17. And it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all of its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march toward around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day you are to march around the town seven times, with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast of the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, and then the walls will come down will of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant, and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns, and some behind the ark. The priests continually blowed the horns. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until you, I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once a day, and then everyone turned to spend the night at the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horn marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again the armed men marched both in front of the priest with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time the priests were blowing their horns. On the second day they again marched around the town and once again returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. So the seventh time around... As the priests sounded the long blast of their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. So that's Joshua 1, Joshua 6, 1 through 17. And I also brought water because I knew I would get, like, tired after reading that. But, um, so I read that a lot last year, all of January, I've kind of explained how I do these things where I get a passage or a scripture from the Lord at the end of the year and then use that the next year and just really dive into it and see what the Lord can teach me in that in different seasons throughout the year and different moments throughout the year and then just kind of boiling it all down to like, Lord, what did this say to me? Um, so when I was reading that, I was trying to put myself in the in the position of the people walking around, like the ones that were following the lead of Joshua, who's following the lead of the Lord. And the Lord kept giving me these eight words. I think it's eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. Yes. Um, that like described them. And they were these eight words. They were vulnerable, trusting, exposed, unified, consistent, exhausted, willing, and quiet. And like, as I thought through those words, um, it was a little bit less about the passage and more about how I could encompass those things to better honor the Lord. Um, but you can walk through that passage and see like trusting. Joshua had to be trusting of the Lord because he, in the second verse says, look, I've given you the city. Like what a way for Joshua to like, look at the situation in verse one where no one's going in and out of Jericho. Um, not possible, fortified walls, like not going to happen. And then that next, very next verse, the Lord says, 
I've given you this city. Like, it belongs to them. Like, what a way to, like, look at a situation, see it for what it is in your eyes, and then have the faith to believe that the Lord said, it's yours, you know? Uh, And that's, like, a lot of the time, like, in moments where, like, doctor reports are in front of your face, and it says this, and you have the choice to believe, yeah, but the Lord said I am healed. And, like, that's something I'm going to stand on when this isn't him, you know? So trusting, um, exposed or like marching around this wall. I'm assuming that like people in Jericho can see them from the top of the wall and like they're not armed to an extent that I think is ready for battle. Like those are kind of details I don't entirely know, but like they're out there just marching and like not doing anything else but marching. (laughs) Um, consistent, man, every day for six days, you have to walk this lap, which Jericho is like six acres. So it wasn't like huge, but I would be tired of doing that day after day. Like you have, like being consistent is so, so important. And they had to be willing to keep doing that. Um, exhausted. Uh, I get tired of thinking about going to work out. Like I do it, but I'm already tired going to think about it. Uh, let alone like getting up every day and marching around um, this these walls. And then the last day doing it like seven times over, over, over. Like I haven't trained for that yet. <laughs> um what else we got? Trusting. Unified. They had to shout at the same time. Like, they had to be so together on this and so trusting and so willing of what was going on that they were, they, like, there's no I in team kind of situation. Like, they're so unified and they had to shout at the same time. Um, but the one that really struck me near the end, like, the I walked through all those words and I was like, Lord, I could be more vulnerable. I could be more open to people. I could let my own walls down a little bit more. Like, I get it. I It's always something the Lord is teaching me. Like, stop being boxed in. Stop hoarding all the information that you have. Like, that's who I am. I, like, I gather information and I keep it. And I like that I have it because I don't like to look incompetent. So, <laughs> um, it's just, like, those things that I'm used to the Lord being, like, uh, reminding me of those things. Like, I love you and because I love you, I want you to be more open. I want you to be more understanding and compassionate and empathetic and like things like that, that I'm not, my flesh is not natural in that way. Um, but the one that really got me was they were quiet. Like in verse 10, Jacob or not Jacob, Joshua is basically like, shut your mouth (laughs) until we shout. And then we can do that. But until then keep it quiet. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, interesting. Why? And so I was thinking about it and I was reading through it. And if I can if I can have all these questions thinking about like, Oh my gosh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Am I trusting? Do I really think the Lord's going to bring these down? Like what all of these thoughts that I could have had in these moments and walking through all those different, different things. Like if I would have been allowed to open my mouth, doubt would have come out. And I think that's why Joshua was so specific and being like, just be quiet, just trust what's happening and keep it closed. Because then if you're not speaking, you're not verbalizing the doubt for someone else to hear and for it to spread amongst all the people marching around. So I think that was the intention with that. That's what I really believe is uh, because this is on path to going to the promised land and like they haven't gotten in there for a while because some people just, just start talking about how they doubt and started worshiping other things. So... For me, being quiet often looks like keeping my mouth shut when I should. 
Um, and sometimes it just means like trusting, like I can, I can ask the Lord a question in a clarifying way and it not be doubting him. Like, I know this is true, but like, I need something more to, maybe that is doubting. I don't know. But I don't believe that like asking the Lord for more and like asking him questions, like makes my faith smaller. I don't think that's the case. I think sometimes it strengthens it because I'm like, I'm asking you knowing that you'll respond, trusting that you'll, you'll give me what I'm asking for, trusting that you will remind me of your promise. And that's the kind of thing that, that I think comes with me being quiet is like, yes, um, yes, I'm curious of what, how this is all going to play out, whatever it may be like you feel like the Lord said something to you and you're like, well, yeah, but I, if I take that into my own hands, I'm going to screw it up. So I won't, but I don't really know what it's going to look like. That takes, that's where trust and faith come in. Like you don't know. And it's in those seasons of waiting that like our faith gets built more and more because like an instant gratifying God requires no faith. If he, if it happened right away, it wouldn't require us faith to believe that it's going to happen, you know? That might not have made as much sense out loud, but it did in my head. Um, but being quiet for me this year really pointed it out to me. Um, maybe because when I didn't love the Lord, I was a big hothead and I would go off pretty quick. Um, and we're learning how to control that fuss. Maybe it's seeing value in only speaking after I've spoken to him about it. Because often I would, like someone would say something to me and I would like, in a second, I'd be like, nope, this is why it's wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Um, or, nope, this is what I think, and I'm right and you're wrong, and blah, 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 blah. But, like, a lot of the times, and I've seen this in the last couple of years, where, like, someone will say something, or, like, ask me something, or, like, it'll even come down to, like, details about something, or how I think something should work. And a lot of the time, I'm like, I don't answer because I don't have the answer yet, um, and I want to make sure that I give you the perfect answer which I understand I can't always do because I'm me. But a lot of the times, like, I want to have a conversation with the Lord, even if it is about, like, a spreadsheet and how to set it up, like, those kinds of things. Like, I I would rather talk to the Lord about it and, like, make sure I'm stewarding the gifts that he's given me in the best way possible than to try to handle something on my own. Um, and that might just be my Enneagram 5-ness where I live in a utopian world where everything is perfect. Um, and I love the structure of it and this, that, and the other, but I also think some of it is just like the way that I've built my relationship with the Lord where like his wisdom and his influence is top priority to me. And I want, I want him to be in everything that I'm doing. Um, and, and that's how, what I get to do become successful or excellent is that I want, I want to know that I, I walked with him in it and not just on my own knowledge and understanding because it's not as good as his <laughs> um but yeah that's all I really got read through Joshua 6 um and like kind of pull things out on your own like there's some really good points in there like I liked focusing for a little while about how the ram's horn and the ark went before them and how the praise of praise us praising and the presence of the Lord should always be first in mind like the presence of the Lord should walk lead everything that we're doing and our praise should be with it. Um, 
that's a really cool thought. There's just a lot in there. Um, I mean, I read through it for a year, so I spent a lot of time nitpicking every sentence and word. Um, but it was really cool. So that's all I really have for you. Again, these aren't going to be very long because it's just me, and I might do them more frequently. Fingers crossed if I get it together. Um, so, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys are here and listening. I hope that you guys are appreciating the silver lining of COVID-19 where you're home with your family more maybe or you're a part of a church team that's figuring out how to make church look different and you're reaching more people um if you're struggling through COVID-19 like feel free to reach out I would love to be praying for you and with you um you can find me on Instagram at the to be here podcast and just like shoot me a message and I I got you like we can have a conversation um I'd love to be praying for you, help you out as much as I can in any way that I can. Um, Because there's a lot going on, so I get it. I would love to go back to work so much. I miss my little kiddos, my students, um, the normalcy of routine. If you know me, you you know that I'm not having a good time. (laughs) But, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I will put up another podcast eventually. That's the extent of my promise. Um, But I will try to be more consistent with it and to get more of these out because this is kind of fun. The Lord has asked me to do something and I would like to steward it well. So I did just say that in my explanation. So wow, just called myself out in the middle of a podcast. (laughs) Anyways, um, I love you guys and I'll see you right here next time. Bye.